What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. Yo, yo, Wedgecast listeners. We are stoked to have you. This is season two of the Wedgecast, where we're actually going to keep a rolling set of interviews going. We have an awesome, awesome set of guests uh, throughout the rest of the show um, and continuing going forward. So we're stoked to have you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And uh, it just means a lot to us. So on uh, this particular episode, Jeff Genova, the general manager of Big Lake Brewery, absolutely rocks it out. And the reason why I'm so excited, yes, his story is like unbelievable. But deeper and more importantly than that, he dives into a conversation that I ultimately I think really sets the tone for where we want this podcast to go. My sort of MO, what gets me fired up, what gets me out of bed is talking about just that. It, it's figuring out and aligning with people who just have these amazing stories. They've experienced life. They've tried things. They've failed. They've risked things. And they just <laughs> absolutely rock it out. And so Jeff, I think, absolutely uh, hits the nail on the head when we start talking about this. And I, I'm just excited for people who get the chance to listen in. Um, we uh, For this particular podcast, obviously, uh, it's a bit of a mind twist. Uh, we are sponsored by Big Lake Brewery, and this happens to be a guest of or this happened, the guest in the show happens to be from Big Lake Brewery as well. And so during this episode, I want to give two shout outs. Shout out number one is to the beer that we're drinking. Um, it is a uh, Dark Star Barrel Age Porter. It's a little bit more of a full beer. Um, I'm typically not that style. I'm more of a hazy IPA, but Jeff convinced me into it. And we happened to be sitting in Georgia's smoke shop, uh, smoking on a cigar, and it just was a ton, ton of fun. And so I'm a uh, very excited for people listening in and uh, stay tuned.
We are live sitting here with Jeff Genova, the general manager of Big Lake Brewery. He is a fantastic guy. He is the inspiration behind this, uh, the sponsorship of this podcast. So we always come uh, with some nice beer beforehand. So Jeff, thank you for the sponsorship. But more importantly, thanks for uh, being a good pal and just being on the show with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Jeff, so obviously you got a background in beer, but more importantly, you got a Exciting background leading up just to doing some cool things in life. So you want to give us a little bit of uh, your history in life, what you've done, some of the things that get you fired up? Um, sure. I've traveled all over the world. I've moved 23 times, landed <laughs> here in Holland, Michigan. Uh, of all exciting, glamorous places to end up. Pretty much. <laughs> I've been to every state in the United States except for Washington and Oregon, except for landing in airports there. Um, so that's cool. I got to see a lot of cool things. I've worked at breweries. I've worked in the beer business for almost 10 years now. Okay. Um, I was an operations manager for a large brewery in Arkansas. Uh, me and two other brewers opened a craft beer bar in Arkansas before I moved here to Holland and then became the general manager at Big Lake Brewing. I really love what I do there. It's fantastic. I get to meet great people like you, Matt. <laughs> I don't know about um, that. But... Adam, cool <laughs> people around. Um, it, that's what I like talking to people. I like being involved in the community and working at a service industry like a brewery that has a pub allows me to interact with lots of different people yeah. and become involved with their lives, which is a lot of fun. That's awesome. So we also need to give a special shout out to Adam and Georgia Smoke Shop downtown Holland. Uh, we enjoy their cigars. We're hanging out here. They're the host of us tonight. So thanks, uh, thanks Adam and the crew there. But so... The basis for the podcast, and one of the reasons why I was so stoked to have you on here, is people who enjoy getting out of bed in the morning. So, so many people are depressed, hate what they do, can't stand getting up, and yet you're fired up. And you found a way to travel, you found a way to do some photography, which we'll dive into, you found a way to drink beer and inspire people to drink beer as well, too, in a, in a sweet way. So, oh, yeah. what, how, how throughout your career have you been somebody who just constantly finds joy in what you're doing? So... I love to find something that I really am passionate about. Yeah. I become very involved. Uh, I may have an addictive personality. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I do some of the things I do. And I don't want to do something halfway. I want to do it all the way. Yeah. Uh, like working in the beer business. I don't want to just be somebody that works in the beer. I want to be the general manager of beer. I want to own it. I want to teach people about beer. I want to be all about it. Uh, being a photographer, I didn't want to just be a photographer. Uh, my ex-wife told me that I'd never make money being a photographer, and that really kind of inspired me to become a contributing photographer for Getty Images, traveling around the world, making a living just taking pictures and getting people to pay me to fly around the world, um, go to great places and take pictures and record that and have those images inspire people, telling stories. That's really what I love to do. I do it through my photography. I do it through teaching people about beer. One oh, yeah. of my the favorite things I love to do is do a beer and food pairing and really dive in and teach people how beer and food correlate together, kind of like wine and food do. They're sure. great. They greatly pair together. The beer changes, the food changes when you put them together. It's not just one thing. Oh, yeah. Educating people, telling stories, it's something I really enjoy doing. So, all right, let's dive into the photography for a second. When was a maybe a picture you took, a location you were at, an experience you had that you just like were totally in awe of what you photographed or what you experienced or you, you were lost in time with what you're like, you were so excited to do it. Give us, you got an example so, for us? Um, I'll give you a couple. Yeah. Um, I shot an adventure race in Nicaragua. <laughs> I'm 
on a volcano, an active volcano, <laughs> in the middle of a lake, in the middle of the country of Nicaragua. And I'm up about 5,000 feet right below the top of the volcano, taking pictures of people running up this volcano. And I get this view of another volcano on the same island. And it was just so surreal. Like, I'm getting paid to sit on top of a, of a volcano, doing something I love, taking pictures. And this is just amazing. So yeah. that's um, being in the middle of the Sahara Desert and taking pictures there that's um, so is was just amazing and being in Morocco itself it's a beautiful country and getting to try I spent a whole month in Morocco and I never in my wildest dreams thought I would ever be in that country but once I got there I'm like why have I never been here it was just such a cool country the people were very warm and inviting people yeah uh, and seeing different cultures in different places uh, you take pictures I'll go around and take pictures in places that I travel to and then go back and edit them. And I'm so excited and I'll stay up all night looking at these pictures. It's like you capture a story with every picture. I might take a thousand pictures and get 10 that I really enjoy. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those 10 tell a great story and, and being able to do that. And, and everywhere I've traveled, I have great pictures of. Um, but probably being in the Sahara Desert was just you think about it and you think about the Sahara Desert as this big, giant, massive sand. Well, there's these huge oasises with trees and people and there's agriculture and all this great stuff. Yeah. And then being on top of a volcano, it's like I'm on top of an active volcano. There's lava. <laughs> like literally I'm on top of a volcano. <laughs> yeah. Not just like a big hill that was a volcano. Yeah. This is like something that could erupt. <laughs> and those kind of things are really cool. And that's brings out passion and it makes you want to do better every time. So when you take those pictures and you tell that story, you're thinking of what can this lead to? Where else can I go? How can I better this? And you're yeah. always looking to do better. And, and that's like, I take pictures here in Holland and people are like, Holy cow, where is that at? I'm like, well, that's Holland, Michigan. That's Lake Michigan. This yeah. is a great place. I love it. I don't have to travel anywhere to take great pictures to tell that story yeah. because of the great place that we live in here in Holland. So you, you alluded to something that I want to highlight a little bit. So you mentioned you might take a thousand pictures and you go back and you start editing and you lose track of time doing that. And you go, you spend all night, you're in the zone, doesn't take caffeine, doesn't take sleep, but oh, you're no. just fired up to do yeah. that. So this is a little bit of career advice, but I, I, I don't know how much you and I've actually spent time talking about this, but one of the purposes for our brand and our company beyond just the product is inspiring people to have more moments like that because there's so much more, I think, in this world if people can actually find things like that that they're doing. So you got a 22-year-old who just graduated college, who's got student loans, who's probably going to start a job that they can't stand. How do you get them to have more moments like that? What, what advice do you have for people stepping into that? And how, how, do you, how do you encourage and get people fired up to have those kind of moments? So I have children in, yeah, yeah, yeah. that are there. <laughs> um, and basically what I tell them is if you do something that you love, the money will come because you put yourself into it. You put your passion into it and people see that. And, and I'm saying not, this doesn't always happen, but if you do something that you love, you put your heart into it, it will show in your work. Yeah. Yes. If there are times where you have to get a job that makes money and you have to make a check. Yep. But even at that job, if you put passion into it and you 
do it as something that you do the best at. Yeah. Whether it's sweeping floors, if it's taking one bucket from here and putting it on this shelf over here, but you do a great job at it and you give a little bit extra, people will notice that and you'll move up and you'll become a, a person that is, let me find the right word for it. You'll have great character in your work. Yeah. Yes. I've had a lot of jobs that I really didn't enjoy. <laughs> no, yeah. And everyone has. You're not locked into that job forever. You have to have a job to make money to pay bills. Yes. But you're not handcuffed to that job for your entire life. Find something that brings you passion. Do it on the side. Build up. Build that passion. Yeah. If that's a job, great. That You're a very lucky person. Yep. I found a job that I really love. have passion for it. I love getting up and doing it every day. Yeah. My photography. I was Jack Lake photographer. I just took pictures of whatever and, yeah. and built it up to a career where I made money and enjoyed it and could stay up all night doing that. Yeah. Put passion into what you do. Yes, I understand you may not be loving the job that you do. Put passion into it. But also find your passion and build on that. And that's where your money and your growth will come from. And you can get away from that job that you don't like yeah. that's paying the bills once you've built this up. And it doesn't happen overnight. It yeah. takes time. And you have to be patient. But if you're patient and you have the passion, it'll come and you'll become a happier person. And the more money you make, the more bills you have, the more you spend. <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you make. If you're not happy doing what you do. Yeah. I don't care how much money. Money buys fun. Sure. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Money buys a whole <laughs> lot of fun. It buys trouble and bills too. Yep. But money is not the end all be all. Happiness, passion. I've been through many jobs, many places. I've been through two marriages. I being happy is worth a whole lot more than money. And yeah. some people don't see that and a lot of young people don't see that. They mm -hmm. see that it's it's money. I got to have the money because I need this. I need a Rolex. I need a new car. I need to live in the posh place. I've got to be all this. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And that's fun. It's a seasonal life. <laughs> but it doesn't make you happy all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, Being passionate, enjoy, getting up every morning where you don't have to have your alarm go off and you get to go and do something you really enjoy and you get to see people. And maybe it's not see people. Maybe you're a person that does something on your own. And you're all by yourself, but you're super excited to do it. And you can't wait to get up in the morning to do that every day. That's where you'll be happy. The money will come. You'll be able to pay your bills. But if you're happy and you hate what you do and you'd rather just do something else, do something else. Yeah. Find a way to make yourself happy and make money. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. So, all right, let's, let's transition a little bit because you also talked about this. So you've been in the craft beer game for... Ten, Almost 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So how long would you say, and this is a very ignorant question for me to ask, but how long would you say like the public knew of craft beer as it is today? Is that, was that during the lifespan or was that recent within the last five years? I mean, Founders has been around 22 years sure. now. Sure. Yeah. And so craft beer was around, Yeah. but it was smaller. And where I was at in the South, it was a whole lot smaller. Sure. There's 32 breweries in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. There's 32 breweries, more than 32 breweries in Grand Rapids. Right, right. So it's a totally different um, mindset. But craft beer has been around, really. I mean, Samuel Adams is kind of like the, the founder of craft beer yeah. movement. It is and it isn't. They've kind of grown and grown. But craft beer has really been around 
a good 30 years. So when do you think the when do you think people started asking the question, "Hey, do you like craft beer?" Cuz that seems relatively So that's been 10 to 12 years. Okay. Yeah, right in there. I would say probably the mid like 2005, 2006, right in there it really started taking off. Yeah. And becoming a bigger, more people realized what it was. Right. And restaurants weren't just carrying Budweiser, Miller Lite. They yeah. had a craft beer selection. They may only have one or two. Yeah. But people started realizing that, hey, this is something new. And it's not – I can have flavor in my beer. My beer can be something more than just something to drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're tasting this with Dark Star right now. Oh, yeah. So where do you think uh, where do you think craft beer is headed now? I mean, obviously, you can uh, – feel free to dive in a little bit of what Big Lake's doing because – I, I, I'm not. I'm not just biased. I genuinely think Big Lake has some of the best beer I've ever had, and I've, I've, I've oh, had a lot all you. over the place. So yeah, I've had a lot of beer. Oh yeah, I've been to in in Michigan alone last year. My wife and I for fun, partially for work because I'm doing research. <laughs> of course, now. of course. But just like went, the golf outing I play in yeah, too, yeah. I can write that off. <laughs> we went to 65 different breweries yeah, in Michigan yeah. last year. Yep. I tried beer all the, and I try beer wherever whenever I travel. I'll put our beer up against anybody else. I oh, think yeah. we do a great job with our beer. Granted, I'm the general manager there. I'm biased. <laughs> I drink it all the time. And it's become what my palate's adjusted to. Yeah. There's a lot of people that they love their local craft brewery. And craft beer isn't just the beer. It is a full culture. Sure. It is people that go to the local brewery and they believe in that brewery and they go there. And like when you come into the brewery, I'm like, hey, Matt, how's it going? And oh, that's yeah. part of the experience. Yep. You feel welcome there, comfortable, and happy when you come in. Fortunately, I hang out there a little too much. but no. There's, That is not a thing. Too much is not a thing. Adam agrees. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess where do you think kind of from a, a macro perspective beyond just you guys, where do you think craft beer in general Craft beer is still growing. Yeah. And it cycles. There are new breweries open all the time and there's breweries closing all the time. Sure. There's a lot of people that – Hey, I'm a home brewer. I'm, my friends tell me I make great beer. I need to open a brewery. Sure. That doesn't always translate into a good brewery. Oh, yeah. There are plenty of breweries out there that are still like Big Lake. We're one of the fastest growing breweries in Michigan right now. Yep. That is in part to our pub growing and our distributor, Imperial Beverage, does a great job oh, of yeah. getting our beer out there to people. People see our beer all over the state. They want to come visit the brewery. People have beer at the brewery. They want to go find it at their local. So it's a hand-in-hand hand, yeah. hand hand relationship. That's something that a brewery needs to grow. Yeah. Uh, as far as craft brew in itself, it's still growing. There's still people out there discovering it. It's something new. It hasn't reached the top of the curve, I don't think. Yeah. It will eventually. Yeah. There's so much other beer out there that... Craft beer takes a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit all the time. Yeah. And like I said, there's ones that go away and there's new ones that come on online. The and they're always something. The great thing with craft beer is there's always somebody coming up with something new. Yeah. And so, there's like, oh, let's do a brute beer or this New England. This is huge craze with New England IPAs. It's the big rage right now. But it's still not the largest seller in craft beer. IPA, the clear IPA is still the number one craft beer that's out there. New England's, they're getting a little bit of it, but 73%. I just read an article yesterday of, of craft beer sold as IPAs. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pro IPA. I, typically, that's what I order. That, that shocks me that that's 
when you look at the board at Big Lake, there's eight IPAs on there and there's still pale ales and there's other things that are up there. It is a thing that people love that IPA flavor. And that's what it is. It's the difference between your macro beers, your lagers, your Budweiser's, your Miller Lights and stuff. Then there's this total opposite end, which is all that flavor, the hops, the bitterness, and that's what you want. You want that flavor. Then there's all the different hops that you can use. And there's new hops all the time being oh, yeah. developed. And the brewers are coming up with new recipes, new styles, all that. And that's what makes it fun. So this is an interesting – so my dad, for example, and I know I can probably list off 10 people of the same exact – they're the classic like – Grew up having a Miller Light or a Bud Light, and they have that. That's palette. me. Yeah, they have that it, palette. How? So how do you how do you uh, adjust? Like when you guys are beginning to roll out new beards, are you trying to convince that demographic of people to shift into more of the craft beer taste, or is it embrace it, let them enjoy that, create beer that might be a s- slight flavor add, and then create a new palette for newcomer? Like, what's your so? Does that question make sense? I mean, that's yes. yeah. So basically. When I have a new craft beer drinker or someone that's like, hey, this is my buddy. We're here to have beers. I love craft beer. I'm a homebrew, but he only likes Bud Light. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I can't imagine you running that scenario it all do- the time. All the time. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. First of all, don't judge a beer by its color. Mm-hmm. And I give him a Leroy Brown. It's a nice, easy brown ale. Yeah. Or I give him our Hellas Lager or yeah. a Dunkler. A lager that has flavor mm-hmm. and let them try that. And it doesn't have all that bitterness. It's low on the bitterness scale. It's right around where their Bud Lighter, Budweiser is. Try it. And they're like, wow, this is really good. It has flavor to it. You know, it's not drinking yellow water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got something more to it. And it, and they open their eyes. I mean, we call our Leroy Brown, our brown ale. It's probably one of our two or three top sellers our gateway beer. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> I easy. love that. It makes complete sense. It's easy drinking beer. Yeah. People enjoy it. And somebody that drinks Budweiser or Coors or something like that, they go, wow, I really – and if they're eating food and they're drinking this beer, they see that correlation where, wow, this could really actually give me more flavor and something that's enjoyable and I'm not just drinking it to get a buzz or whatever right. you drink – just Bud Light for, and I'm guilt. When I was in college, <laughs> a thirty rack of Miller Lights was me all day long. <laughs> I grew it. up drinking Strohs. I yeah. mean, that was the beer. I mean, you could get a thirty pack of Strohs for nine ninety nine, <laughs> and the Strohs Brewery wasn't far from my house. I grew up on the east side of the oh, state, yeah. and that was it. It was a lager. It was a light beer, and that's what we drank. But I found actually was a manager at Roost Chris Steakhouse and drank a lot of wine and learned how wine. And food correlated and got into craft beer by correlating that craft beer because you have the lighter craft beers, which is like your Chardonnays or your White Zinfandels. And then you get a little bit heavier into it and maybe you're not really – like a New England IPA is kind of like your middle of the road, your Malbecs or something like that. And yeah. then you get to your Zinfandels and your Cavs, which is your IPAs or your big stouts. And your palate grows – as you grow with beer or with wine and the different spicier foods are like now or I'm smoking a big cigar because I have a big beer. Oh, yeah. And that's a thing that you can really enjoy and learn to enjoy. 
And not everyone is going to embrace that. Not yep. every, and it's not for everyone. There sure. are plenty of people out there. That's why Budweiser has a huge brand and they sell way more beer than all the craft beer combined. Yeah. Because those people are out there and they want to drink beer for the sheer fact of they can drink it, they get a buzz, they're happy, and that's what the beer does for them. Yeah. That's not craft beer is that culture that we talked about. Sure. It is something about growing and tasting and adventuring and going to different places and trying different people's beer and learning about that great flavor and what are they doing over here? What's the East Coast doing? What's the West Coast doing? Yeah. How are we growing here in Michigan? You know, these different people, I've heard this brewery down here is doing this kind of beer. I want to go try it because it's a different style nobody else is doing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole culture of craft beer. That's why I think it's going to keep growing and get, getting bigger because that culture grows. Well, the potential is endless and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay. And don't feel free to cut off on anything that dives into secret sauce, but unique part about a brewery is you guys oversee distributorship. You guys oversee a new product. You guys oversee beer. You guys oversee a restaurant. So there's all these different, like you got to be a master of so many different things. So talk me through what, what do you think it actually means to be successful as a brewery, knowing that you got to, there's so many wide range of things you guys got to be able to successfully do and still maintain a business. So that's a very loaded question. There's like a hundred answers to that, but it is, I guess. Okay. I'm thinking long. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to be as successful, any business is be relevant. Yeah. And you can't rest on your laurels. You have to be someone that is, yes, we have our flagship beer. We're drinking one tonight. Dark star. You have those flagship beers, but you always have to bring something new to the market. Yeah. You have to know what the people are asking for, a quality product. You have to deliver that. And that's not just beer. For us, it's a pub. It's the service. It's now it's social media. Yeah. It's being at events, uh, being involved in the community. Sponsoring podcasts. Sponsoring. <laughs> exactly. Being involved in the community. Sponsoring podcasts. Doing things with like Adam here at the, at the smoke shop. I mean, we are part of the community. Yeah. We want to be ingrained in that community. And that's what any business needs to be successful. If you're just like, we have this product, come get it. Yeah. That doesn't work. It doesn't help anything. You have to give and take with the people in the community. Yeah. Um, yes. We are always coming up with new beers. We all, Every one of us, all of the managers, sales manager, the head brewer, Travis, the owner, myself, my assistant managers, all of our staff are always looking for what can we do that's new, better, that the people want, that they're asking for, so we can be a better brewery, restaurant, pub, distributor, everything. Everything. <laughs> our distributor right now has told us. We want all of your new stuff. They want us to come up with new stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. So that's the big push from distribution yeah. is new stuff. Z's Pet Dinosaur, our Dino Death series. Yeah. All of that stuff. We have a new Shandy coming out. We have lemon, raspberry, orange, mango, all these things for summer. That's what they want. At the pub, we have a new menu coming out next week. It's all right. What's the next thing to come out? You know, yeah. how can we make things better? We don't want to be stale. We don't want to be just the same thing every time. Yes, we still need to keep that 
uh, continuity. Yeah. And we need to make a great beer every time. And when you drink a Dark Star, it needs to be the same as the last time you drank a Dark Star. It's not yeah. different every time you drink it. Yeah. But there's those new beers. And that's when we have our small batch beers. We have three different brewing systems. We have a one barrel test system, a seven barrel system. So hold on. Well, one quick, quick, sec, quick question on that. So a one barrel, how many beers just for relatively, for people to have an understanding? And even for me, I have no idea. Okay. So the little kegs are sixtals. Okay. The little slim ones. Yep. A big keg, which most people think of is a keg, is like a barrel of beer. It's actually a half barrel of beer. Yep. It's 15 and a half gallons. A barrel of beer is what brewers back in the day, those big wooden barrels, that is a barrel. Okay. So that's 31 gallons of beer. Um, the bigger barrels, like the bourbon barrels, those are actually 50 gallons. So they're wow. almost two barrels of beer. Okay. Uh, that's something that one barrel system allows us to make two half barrels of beer, two kegs of beer that we can put on tap. There's around 145 pints of beer in there. Okay. And so that's 300. So you're getting roughly 300 beers. 300 out of beers beer. out of a small batch. Right. Um, if we sell it for an eight ounce, that's 600 beers. And those are, so that lasts a couple weeks. Yeah, it gives you a good while. Go through it, get some feedback. Hey, is this something we want to do on our seven barrel, our 30 barrel system? Do we want to put this to distribution? Do we just want to sell it at the pub? Do we want to can 10 cases of it and sell the rest on draft? Yeah. How do we want to do this? Or do we want to full blown 240 cases of distribution, kegs, everything, like our blood orange? We didn't know how good that beer was going to be and it. how big of a deal it was. <laughs> and as much as we make of it, distribution takes it, and I have to reserve kegs of it. So <laughs> Just I always, keep it at the pub. <laughs> so I always have it on tap at the pub. I, I In one of the one of the podcasts, that's one of the ones I specifically talk about. I don't really like fruity-flavored stuff, and that's not even being manly, man. I just I, – I don't like that. But it's Blood not, orange, it, I love. It's like one of my favorite beers. It's because, it's and subtle. it's not fruity, though. Yeah. I mean, it is – has a flavor of orange in it, but it's not like it's a fruity beer. Not at all. No, it just has a great flavor to it. And it for me, it's a, it's a nice light beer. I love yeah. to drink it. I personally love a double IPA like our snow machine. Nope. That is it. Too good. Hands down. That's Too good. my yep. favorite beer. I love it. I could drink it. And we're almost out of it and it'll be gone. And then we're going to our new beer. Our summertime IPA is going to be Lake King. Okay. And that'll be our night, next clear IPA. And love that's... It. We're always coming up with that new beer. That's awesome. Yeah. So I know we got to. I know we got to wrap up before too long. But so this is this whole thing was a blast because you one cover you as a person how you get fired up about what you're doing day out. Secondly, you kind of break it down to your your passion, your fire, and all the, all like the direction of where you guys are going to the brewery. So do you guys have any? Do you have any lasting thoughts of just? Anything to leave the audience with about, you know, how do you keep that fire? How do you, how do you find that passion? How do you bring whatever you get too excited back to work and do what you enjoy? Yeah. Talk, doing this, talking to you, sharing the message, telling a story. Yeah. I love talking to people at work, people that I, I purposely bartend three shifts a week at the brewery because I love talking to people at love the bar. Yeah. I love to get to know people. I have my regulars. I try and learn as many people's names as I can yeah. so that when they walk in, hey, Matt, how's it going? Yeah. How'd the podcast go? I learn a little bit about people. I try and treat everyone as they're my cousin. Yeah. I'm super happy to see them, super happy to see them when they go home, but it's I love it when people come in, and it's like having a big family. Yeah, that's awesome. And 
for people, you know, the thing that I want to leave with people is if you treat people the way you want to be treated, you treat them as a cousin, you're not giving away the farm to them, but you're taking care of them. Yeah. And they feel like they're, when they see you, they're happy to see you. Yeah. And you'll go a long ways and do something that you're passionate about. Get up every morning and I get to go talk to people about <laughs> beer, drink beer, hang out and have a great time. You got a lot figured out. It's pretty easy. <laughs> And on my off days, I go and take great pictures and have a fun time and tell my story through my pictures. I still get to do my passion there. I get to live my passion every day, talking about beer, teaching people about things. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Have fun in life. That's my number one thing. Uh, when you stop having fun and you don't enjoy what you're doing in life, you need to change. Yeah. You need to look for something that really makes you happy. Love it. Jeff, thanks for, so much for being on the show. Glad we oh, could do this. Know. Thanks for the sponsorship as always. And You're welcome. Even more importantly, thanks for producing a good beer. So I appreciate it. I don't make it. I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, our brewers do a great job. I brewed two beers, and that was uh, not a pretty thing. <laughs> I, clogged up, I clogged up the heat exchanger helping <laughs> brew one beer. Ended up only yielding half what it should have. And they're like, we're good. You're cool. You can help move. Just keep telling it. Just, just keep, keep telling it. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks so much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you.